director of the Greater Baltimore Technology Council, and they put on one of the biggest splashes and productions I have ever seen here in Baltimore during their Tech Awards dinner. And so we are thrilled that Steve is here to talk to us a little bit tonight about his own path and some tricks of the trade in terms of networking for success. So join me in welcoming Mr. Prozac. Turn it on. Now I'm good. Everyone can hear me? In the back? Okay, good. Well, first of all, thank you to UMBC, to Sue and the Career Services offices, Office for having me here tonight. I really do appreciate it. I will tell you, you are very lucky to be going to UMBC. It's one of the best colleges, universities uh, in the nation. It really is. I've seen the college grow up through the years, and it's, it's a uh, it's dramatically different. It's a great university. You'll be well served by going here. And then I will also tell you that you're super smart for being here this evening. Not only do you get the chance to hear me, but just what I'm going to be talking about is essentially this, is getting involved, doing more than just going to school, going to your job. It's getting involved in other things. And these types of activities and events will go a long way in your career. So let me give you a little background on who I am. Um, I'm going to talk about that. I'll tell you a little bit about networking, what it is, what it's not. I'll talk about my own career path and some tips um, that I know now that I did not know that way back when. And again, everyone can hear me okay? Good? Okay, good. All right. So uh, my name is Steve Kozak. I'm the Executive Director for the Greater Baltimore Tech Council. We are a business organization that basically helps tech companies grow and succeed. We have over 300 members. They are... Um, the region that we serve is from Baltimore City, Baltimore County, and all the surrounding counties, North, Hartford, Carroll, Cecil, South, Anne Arundel, and Howard. And our members are a mix of companies. It's from the large tech companies that you would think of, like Northrop Grumman and NSA, to some early stage startup companies and incubators that you've never heard of before. And it's a diverse industry. It's from aerospace and defense, telecom, ISP, software development, biotech, etc. That's about 60% of our members. Another 30 to 35% are all the firms that provide services to for. So your banks, your uh, uh, law firms, accounting firms, venture capitalists, insurance, ad agencies, again, anyone who provides services to for. And then the last segment is what we call EGN, education, government, and nonprofit. And these are folks like UMBC, Towson University, um, et cetera, uh, as well as some of the economic development groups. So all said, we have about uh, a little over 300 members and today, with a staff of about five folks, we run close to 250 programs, forums, and roundtables. And I will tell you, the core of what we provide is forums where people meet, learn, and do business. That's really what we do. So um, besides being the exec director, I report to a board of directors. In fact, Ellen Hemmerly, if you know Ellen, she's the president, I think, of the Research Corporation here. She is one of my bosses, so to speak. She's on my board. And um, I'm also a member of UMBC's President Advisory Council, which, or PAC. I'm a member of Baltimore County's Executive, this is a mouthful, Regional Advisory Board for Business and Education. And I'm also a member of the Emerging Technology Center's Board of Directors. In 2006, I was uh, mentioned by, uh, honored by Baltimore Magazine of one of Baltimore's 40 Under 40. And also in the same year, Smart CEO uh, nominated me as one of the most admired leaders in the region. I mention all that because I will tell you all of that happened because of, I'm here today because of networking. So 
before I jump in, let me ask some questions. How many people, how many of you think that you're going to work at the same organization for the rest of your lives once you get that first job? All right, good. That's smart. How many people think you'll stay in the same career for the rest of your lives? All right, a few more. Good. All right. And uh, how many of you think you're going to find that perfect job out of college? Good, because I'm still looking for the perfect job. Well, let me tell you, these are Steve's numbers, by the way. I would say that probably less than 1% of you will stay in the same organizations. It's very possible, if you're like me, that 20 to 30% of you will be laid off and or fired from a job. Yes, I was laid off and fired from a job. More than 50% of you are probably going to change careers, and more than likely you will not find that perfect job right out of college. You will need to be flexible. You will need to continually build your skill set. But most importantly, I will tell you, you need to build that network, hence networking. So let me give you my background and how I got to where I am. And I'll come back to then some tips that I learned, probably looking back in hindsight, that I didn't know then that I was doing kind of well. Um, I started, uh, went to University of Maryland College Park, got my degree. I started off in the aerospace engineering program. Uh, I realized that soon that I was not as smart as my mother and father led me to believe that I was. It took me about uh, five semesters to figure that out. My roommate introduced me to the marketing department. I walked in. It seemed a whole lot easier trying to figure out curve graphs and econ 201, and I was a marketing major. Did a five-year plan. I graduated. I worked at a company called Wallace Computer Services. You've never heard of them. They're a printing company out of Chicago. And I worked there for about six months. At the time, my roommate, uh, we lived together. We went to school together, the same guy who introduced me to marketing. He was working at this company making a whole lot of money, much more than I. I was hoping to maybe make 19000 my first year out. He made 54000 his first year out. So went to the same school, same things. I actually did better than him in school. I'm thinking he's making a lot more money. I switched. He actually worked for Encyclopedia Britannica, of all things. And they were looking for uh, college students to enter their uh, uh, management training program. So I was a district manager at Britannica. Yes, I sold encyclopedias. I did that for about uh, 14, 15 months, and I survived. Uh, and I will tell you that um, I figured out somewhere along there that I needed to go back and, and get more education. And so I made that phone call that one night to mom and dad, said, hey, good news, bad news. Uh, mom said, what's the bad news? I said, I'm moving home. She said, that's really bad news. Uh, and the good news was I was going to go back to grad school full time. So I did. I uh, ended up getting my MBA in three semesters. I, did, uh, I had, I think, 15 classes I had to take. I did four classes a semester, did the summer thing, and I graduated in December. And for the next five months, I will tell you that I spent my full-time job was trying to get a job. Spent every day at the computer lab doing my resume, sending out, you know, grabbing the Baltimore Sun, the Washington Post, and sending out resumes every Monday, Tuesday, doing follow-ups, phone calls, emails, the whole thing. And then finally one day, kind of one of these moments, I'm in the lab, and uh, there was a person there who I met. We saw each other over a period of time, introduced myself. I said, hi, I'm Steve. She said, hi, I'm Tracy. We got to talking, and as small more goes, we realized that we both grew up in the same area. And the conversation went a little like, so wait a minute, you're from Little River, I grew up in Little River. Where'd you go to school? So we started having that conversation, realized she went to Little River Junior High, I went to Little River Junior High. And I said, well, when did you go? And she told me, and I figured out the years, and I said, what's your last name? And she said, Seifert. I said, Tracy Seifert? You're the homecoming queen. She's like, yeah, do I know you? And I said, no. I was, I was in seventh grade. I wore the Fonz t-shirts. 
I had my hair feathered back and part of the middle. I used to ha have my black comb stuck in my tube socks because, believe it or not, that was actually cool back then. <laughs> actually, no, it wasn't really cool. It's still not cool. But I did that, and I had really bad acne and all those things, and that's why you didn't know me. I was a seventh grader. You were the homecoming queen. You don't know me. And she's like, yeah, I don't know you. So, so we got talking, and she said, so what do you want to do? And I said, you know, I'm looking for a marketing job in a large organization where I can build my skill set, where I get involved in developing product plans, marketing plans, PR plans, ad plans, telemarketing. I get the whole, I get the whole package. And she said, hmm, that's interesting. So two weeks later, I'm sitting there. Tracy walks in. We said hello. 10, 15, 20 minutes goes by. And she said, Steve, oh, you're looking for a marketing job, right? And I said, yeah. By the way, I told her this. She remembered this, marketing job. And she hands me, I'm not kidding you, a piece of paper that looked like this. A scrap piece of paper with a name and a number on it. And she said, you know, they're hiring. You might want to give this guy a call. I called him, and for the next seven years, I worked at PHH up in Hunt Valley by that one connection. I worked there. I uh, got involved. I, I joined the American Marketing Association. Uh, for three years, I sent in my dues, and I did absolutely nothing because I was, I was too busy. I was too busy. You know, I'm, I'm rising through the ranks. Um, I'm doing all that. I'm busy in my career. I'm working hard. I did nothing for three years. And then finally one day, I called the president of the AMA and said, hi, I'm Steve. I've been a member for three years. She said, yeah, I don't know you. I said, yeah, I've done nothing. I want to get plugged in. Plug me in. Put me on a project that if I fail, it's humiliating. So she put me on the student endowment, uh, this sponsorship thing. Uh, it was very successful. Successful to the point that I got invited to join the board, and I did. Uh, also, during my time at PHH, I kept raising my hand and getting involved soon after that. Once I realized you know, the power of getting plugged in, I started getting involved in other projects at PHH. Um, there was, um, some of it I'll admit was a boondoggle. I heard that uh, our, our, uh, some of our senior vice presidents were having this event with the big accounts down in Boca, Florida, Boca Raton, Florida, and I tried to finagle my way in. They were having a golf outing, and I offered to help the secretary with it. I said, you know, I'll help you with the planning, whatever you want to do. She said, great. Two days later, senior vice president calls me up and says, we need you down in Boca. Can you join us? Well, I was there. And it gave me a great chance to network with some of the senior leadership of the, of the PHH, which led to more promotions, more exposure, more projects, et cetera. Eventually, I left um, PHH. And in fact, how that happened was we ended up having a cocktail party at the house. Yes, we were drinking out on the back porch. There was a president of an ad agency. We got to chat about a whole host of things. And I started, I guess, saying some smart stuff about their business. You know, how are you building your business? What are your plans? How are you doing this, et cetera? Two days later, I got a phone call. I got a job offer. And I left PHH and went to this ad agency. But learning the things that I had learned while with the AMA, I got involved. And my first phone call was we were calling on a lot of tech companies at this agency. So I called uh, the Greater Baltimore Technology Council. And I, I joined. We joined as an organization. And I got involved. I started going to events. I got involved in the membership committee. In fact, I had some ideas that we should really split it up. And I talked to the membership committee chairman. And I ran one of the subcommittees. And about nine months after I joined that ad agency, I got that fateful phone call to come into the boss's office. And I got let go. My first phone call after that was to Penny Lewandowski, who was the executive director of the council. And I said, I, I just lost my job. I'm not ready to come in yet and talk to you because I'm still shell-shocked. But in about a week or two, I'd like to come in and talk to you about my resume and if you know of anything that's going on. A week and a half later, I had that kind of you know, informal interview. 
And by that afternoon, I had three interviews lined up with companies that she connected me to. I was going down the path of interviewing with them, possibly looking at a job, and lo and behold, that chairman of that committee that I was volunteering on called me up one day and said, the assistant director's leaving, we'd like you to, to join the council. He, by the way, happened to be one of the board of directors, and he's still on my board. So I joined in 2001, eight years, seven years later, I'm still here. Um, coming in May, June, I'll be an executive director now for three years. So that's kind of my brief story. So I'll tell you what I've learned from all of this. And I'll talk a little bit about networking, what it is and what it's not. To me, networking is really about building relationships. That's all it is. As I was driving here, I was thinking about, you know, there are some days that I don't, I don't even like networking. It's a big part of my job. But networking is not sales. It's not going out there and being salesy and, and running around at the event and going to places and running up to 100 people and introducing yourself and giving out your business card and doing that. It's not that. In fact, those people, we don't like. None of us like those people because they're too salesy. Networking is really about the informal meetings that happen. It's about those casual encounters that, and, and that take place over time. It's not the pushy person. It's just meeting people. It's building your network. It's allowing people a chance to meet you and, and know about you over time. And I will tell you, you do it everywhere, always, all the time. You are always on. So I'll give you a, a couple stories. Um, so one of the rules, and this is uh, probably for the, uh, the Career Services Office, probably doesn't want to hear this, but I will tell you, I'll, I'll put it in Steve terms, my GPA mattered for about 30 seconds after I graduated, maybe. I, I've hired folks out of college, and I've got a team now, and I, I can tell you, honestly, I have no idea what their GPAs are. So your GPA, it's I'll just say I don't know the university, it's relative. As long as you got a 3.0, that's good. Don't sweat it. Secondly, I will tell you that building your skill set, building your network, actually, is as important and even more important than building your skill set while you're in your job. Because if you think about it, your first job you'll probably get maybe because of your GPA. I will guarantee you that every job thereafter you will get because of your network. Let me say that again. Yeah. Your first job you might get because of your GPA. Every job you get thereafter will be based upon your network. And the jobs you'll be looking for are not the jobs that are listed in the Baltimore Sun. It's the jobs that they say, you know, we're looking for someone. Who do you know? I know Kozak. Let's call him. He'd be good for this. That's what you want. You want those jobs. President, CEO, vice president, senior vice president jobs, executive level jobs, I will tell you, are not listed in the newspaper. They're handed down because of networks. So if you know that, then spend 80% of your time in your career building your network. Um, and I would start now. Um, let me go back to school. Your GPA is important for 30 seconds. Let's just say that, okay? Um, if you know that going in then, then, then get involved while you're in school. I will tell you, when, when we've looked at interviewing folks, one of the things we look at is, you know, guess what, in, I don't know, it's March. In two and a half months, there's gonna be thousands of you entering the job market. Thousands, you are gonna have a degree. They're all the same. The difference, I will tell you, what we, I look at, and I know others look at, is the involvement portion. Did you just go to school? By the way, I just, I just went to school. I was this person. I went to school, you know, I worked part-time job, that was it. 
I did intramural sports. I, I wasn't really plugged in and involved at any level. But one of the things that I look for is, is are people involved? You know, are you involved? Are you plugged in? Did you study abroad? Did you do other things? Did you get involved in groups and associations? That makes a huge difference in getting your first job, I'll tell you. So, so some of the rules. One, get involved now. It's not too late to get involved in a group, an association, some sort of organization. It is just as important and possibly more so than your GPA. That's rule one. Rule two, develop an elevator pitch. When I met Tracy that day in that computer lab, I told her this, and she remembered this. Because she remembered this, that got me that little piece of scrap paper that landed me my, my, my first job after graduate school that I worked there seven years. I will tell you, I meet a lot of folks and let's say college students. I, I actually teach a class on Monday evenings at another school. And I ask them, what do you want to do after college? And I get a lot of, yeah, I don't know. I don't know yet. I'm just kind of thinking. That's the wrong answer. Because you're going to be getting that from your aunts and your uncles and the cousins and the picnics and all the little gatherings that you never thought about. Develop an elevator pitch. Really, take some time and think about what you want to say so that when someone asks you, what do you want to do after graduation, you have 30 seconds and you can nail something for them. Because you never know. You're going to say this. You never know. You might be introduced to your homecoming queen from seventh grade, and she's going to line you up with your first job. So that's one of them. Um, also, I want to tell you, like I mentioned, you are always on. You are networking every time you leave the house, always. There's a, I'll come actually to a story in a moment. Just like I said, when, you know, when I was on the back porch at our cocktail party, I was networking. Didn't realize it. I was just chatting, but it landed me a job. When I was talking to Tracy in the computer lab that one day, wasn't trying to network, but I was doing it. And those things led me to other jobs. When I was getting involved um, at PHH, that led me to promotions and to other jobs within the organization that brought me to here today. Three, get involved. I'll tell you, you know, I look back and I remember thinking early in my career that I was busy. I'm running the executive, uh, I'm the executive director here now. I sit on three boards. I teach. I coach my son's baseball and soccer teams. I have two kids, wife, dog. You do not know what busy is. You have no clue. You think you're busy, but you're not. And I'll tell you, your challenge is, when you get that first job, is you're going to feel like you're really busy. And like I did at PHH, it was easy to go home. You know, the nights that I had a project, guess what? I couldn't make the AMA events. And on the nights that I didn't have stuff going on, it felt great to go home by 6 o'clock and to be hanging out, having a dinner, pouring myself a glass of wine, and relaxing. That is the time that you need to be getting involved. Get involved in associations, some group, and go out and meet, network, do that. It's hard. It's not easy. It's hard from the standpoint of taking the time to do it. It feels good to go home. But I would encourage you to get involved. Don't go home. As my mother said, and it's true, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Get involved. And by the way, I don't know what rule I'm on, for attending an event is not getting involved. Just going to the event is not getting involved. Because a lot of people I see go to events, they hang out with their two friends, they stand in the corner, they go home. Failure, not good. Go to the event, rule number, I guess, five, don't mingle with your friends, you know them already. Rule number six, go with the goal. You know, meet other people. Go with the goal of meeting, not 100, not 50, not 20, not 10, two to three people, and spend some time with them. In fact, has anyone read this book, uh, How to Win Friends and Close People by Dale Carnegie? Highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. It is a life lesson. It's a horrible title. It seems like it's, it's just a horrible title. It's like you're trying to manipulate, manipulate people, but it's not. It's really about life lessons. 
So I would encourage you to get the book, read it. Um, but again, go with these events, and it all ties into going to events. But go with the goal of just meeting a couple people. You know, develop a relationship with them, and, and be consistent when you get involved in these programs events. Because the first time, like anything, you meet someone, you may not really take the time to get to know them, but the second, third time you see them at the same events and programs, you're gonna take the time to know them because you feel like they're gonna be around for a bit. This is a weird one. Practice your handshake. We've all had the bad handshakes. It seems silly, but we've all had them. Um, there's the wet, there's the limp, the overly aggressive male handshake. I, I apologize on behalf of all of us that do that. Um, the flimsy, the all those ones. The ones that pull you in, I've had those too. Hate them all. But work on your handshake. In fact, tonight, you know, you know, or go home. Go home with your roommates or whoever friends and say, give me some feedback. Shake hands with each other and give each other some really honest feedback. It seems silly, but it makes a big difference when you're meeting people. That first impression when someone's got the wet handshake, it's not good, not good. So practice your handshake. Um, also, another one, be positive. I can't tell you how many times I'm at an event and I'm meeting people and I get the, how's everything going? Yeah, it's all good, it's okay. You know, it's, well, you're out, you're networking. If you believe that one of the first rules is you are always on, you're networking every time you leave the house, be positive, but don't be overly positive. But be positive, you know, have your elevator pitch, talk to people, be upbeat, because guess what? Upbeat people wanna be around upbeat people. Upbeat people wanna hire other upbeat people. So if you're going to an event, you're not in a good mood, just go home. Don't stay, because you should go there with the, with the right attitude. This is about jobs, I'll say, don't, don't uh, the perfect job, don't worry about trying to figure it all out and get the perfect job. I still don't have the perfect job, I'm still trying to figure it all out. So I would encourage you, another tip would just be to get a job. You know, you don't have to, how do I put this? Um, any job, don't worry about getting the perfect job. Just get any job. Keep in mind that you have no experience. And regardless of what, you know, like your parents might tell you, like they told, mine told me, you're really not that great yet. You're really not. You, as I put down here, I'm like, boy, it sounds mean. You have nothing. Get a job and build experience. And if you don't like it, quit. Get another job. And you know what? That's okay. If you are 22, you get out, you got out of school, you work for two years, you get a job, you do it for two years, you don't like it, quit. That's fine. Work another two years at another company, quit, do another career. Quit that job. Guess what? You're 28, you've had three different jobs. And I will tell you from an organization that hires folks and talking to other people, it's okay. You're still really employable. Now, if you've had six jobs in six years, we've got other challenges. But having two or three different jobs by the time you're 28 or 30 is really okay. It actually tells me that you're trying life out. You're experiencing life and you're trying to figure out what you want. And it's really normal. It's really normal. So again, don't get caught up in trying to get the perfect job. And I say all this because my cousin who went here got out of school at one point and tried to get the perfect job. She would have been employee number 24 at Under Armour. Her boyfriend told her it really wasn't a good company. And today she's working part-time job at an insurance company. She was looking for the perfect job. Actually, Under Armour was really a great job. But just get a job. Build experience, do good things, raise your hand, and believe me, they will need to keep you. You become so invaluable, you'll build such a skill set that they'll need to pay you the right amount of money. And also, too, don't get caught up in the money. Don't be looking to make a killing on your first job. Get a job. If you're talented, if you've got the right skill set, trust me, they will pay you. On the other side, I'll tell you that most of our members, one of their challenges, keeping talent. They can't find enough talent. So if you've got it, 
If you're raising your hand, getting involved in things, believe me, the pay will come. You'll be making more money than you can ever imagine in about eight years. Trust me. And so I'll leave you with the last three things, uh, quick stories. One, uh, PHH, there was a woman who worked for us. She was in the operations department. And she happened to be at this picnic out in Kansas, of all places, at her cousin's. And they, uh, she was there talking about the company, and there were some other cousins of a cousin of a friend of a family. And they were asking, you know, oh, you work at PHH, really, how do you like it? Oh, I love it, really, tell me about the company, blah, 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 blah. She's telling the story. A week later, she's back in the office, and she gets a phone call from the person at the picnic. Did not know that that person was actually one of the uh, fleet managers for one of the largest fleet in, fleets in the US. Because of that conversation that she had, they decided to come over to PHH. They were looking, she didn't know it, she's not in sales. She was just talking about the company, she was networking. And because of that, we ended up giving her a check that was well in excess of $20,000 for her referral. She didn't know it, she didn't even know that she was networking, but she was. So you're always on, always. Another quick story, one of our events we have is wine tasting, because we like drinking wine. But there was this company, um, uh, I'll just keep folks nameless, but um, we were walking out and I said, so how was it for you tonight, John? Did you have a great time? He's like, Steve, this was great. We made our best connection at this event three years ago. And I said, really, who? And he says, actually, it was a guy named, uh, mentioned this guy's name, Gene, who happens to work for one of the largest venture capital firms in the country, right here in Baltimore. And I said, you know what? I remember that event. In fact, when he left, someone spilled wine all over him. It was all over his shirt. It was, I mean, it ruined the suit. He said, Steve, that was me. And I said, you're kidding me. I'm like, all right, how did that happen? How did how'd that connection happen? He said, I'm walking around the corner, I'm not looking, and I spilt my glass all over. We, we bumped into each other, red wine all down his shirt. I look up, I see his name, the title, the organization, the venture firm. I'm like, holy crap, it's this guy. And I'm wipe, trying to wipe him off. I can't find out this fast enough. He said, we exchanged business cards, and I said, you know what? I need to buy you lunch, dinner, whatever. I apologize. He said, I'll take you up on it. He said, three weeks later, we had, ended up having a lunch. He says, and that connection, has led to over uh, close to $10 million in business for my company. How do you script that? I mean, I guess unless I would say go out and spill wine on people, but again, <laughs> just the recommend is again, you never know when you're networking, how and where you'll meet people, even in the most awkward situations, it can turn out incredibly positive. And that happened because he was out at an event. He's the president of a company. And then the third one I'll give you is, hits me close to home. Uh, there was a student who went um, here in Maryland for his undergraduate degree. He ended up going out to Stanford for his graduate degree. His name is Sergey Brain. You probably know who he is. He was, uh, had an idea, and he wrote a business plan. He went around with that idea and pitched it to as many people as would listen to him, him and his partner, Larry Page. And eventually, through a connection, through a networking, meeting to a person, to a person, to a person, they got in front of one of the founders of Sun Microsystems. And the founder actually stroked him a check for $100,000 they couldn't cash it because a check was written out to a company that didn't exist called Google. Because of those connections, because of his networking, I can't tell you that Google wouldn't exist today, but I can tell you because of Sergey's persistent networking and going out and meeting people and pitching his plan, Google exists today and they're one of the largest corporations in the entire country, if not the world. So I would encourage you to network, network, don't be afraid of it, it's okay, um, and have fun. Good luck in your careers, thank you.